to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and I'm here with Pastor Andrew to ask him, what are we talking about in this episode? This episode, there's a lot to go over. We've got uh, some current events that we're going to be looking at. There's a One World Religion headquarters being built, supposed to be opened in 2022. We've got this hydrant collider that's making particles crash into each other and literally creating spiritual black holes. This is going to be an interesting episode, and I would encourage everyone to tune in, listen closely, and even do their own research. Don't take this at face value. Do your own research and understand that Jesus is coming soon. All right, let's get into it. Awesome. Thanks, Landon. Someone did ask a question earlier. We do have a podcast available for you to share with others, and I encourage you to do that. But someone did ask a question if, they, if we have the slides built into the podcast, podcasts, and we don't. But if you want access to some of the YouTubes uh, and different places that I've pulled these sources from, email Moises. <laughs> He's like, well, I don't have those. No, seriously, you can email me, abird at glc.email, and uh, you could email me, and I'd be happy to share those links with you. Now, the, here's the thing. You have to have a discretionary spirit, because I'm digging into this, and I'm looking at multiple sources from multiple places, and the only things that I bring to you are things that I've confirmed are legit. There is a whole lot of crazy rabbit holes out there that you can go down that will lead you astray. Amen? You don't go there. And uh, you need to be prayed up and ready to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's start with that. Now, in Matthew chapter 24, we've prayed already tonight, right? Let's do it again. Lord Jesus, help us tonight to have a great time looking at your word Show us what you want us to see. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. Tonight is the last night, at least in this little two-week thing, where we're looking at just current events. Next month, we'll have current events as they come. We'll continue to bring those up, but next month, we'll be looking at the parables of Jesus and how those line up with prophecy. Uh, but what you need to know is my, it's my conviction, at least it's what I feel like the Holy Spirit's leading us to do, is on Wednesday night to have prophecy hour instead of the normal pastor's Bible study that we've been typically um, having in years gone by. We're going to be talking about prophecy the whole year. It feels like Jesus is coming soon. And, and that's why I like, I get excited about these things we're talking about. Jesus, uh, Matthew chapter, <laughs> Jesus chapter 24. Matthew chapter 20, it's all Jesus chapter, okay. Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 36, it says, the New Living Translation, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Jesus has just gone through all of these things that are going to happen in the future. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Now, let me start right there. There have been evangelists and, and prophecy teachers that have come and gone over the years, and even denominations that were built upon the fact that Jesus is coming back at this time. 
And all of those have faded into the background and into the rearview mirror. I remember there was a radio host, and I won't say his name. There was a radio host that, that said, uh, Jesus is coming back at this date, and it didn't happen. He said, uh, never mind, I missed it. Jesus is now coming back at this date. And believe it or not, he was able to write three books. And each next book was like, hey, I missed it, but now I, I, I got it. So at the end of the day, I got two things to say. Number one, if you knew how much time you had upon the earth, what would you do? I heard about a lady who found out that she had 15 years left to live. She had a word from the Lord. She found like she had 15 years left to live. She determined that this was going to be the best 15 years that she could possibly have. So the way that she went about it is she wanted to look her best. She went down to the local plastic surgeon. She spent tens of thousands of dollars and fixed everything. This lady came out of that plastic surgery place and feeling good about the investment that she had made. And on her way home to cross the street, she got hit by a bus. She gets to heaven and says, hey, I thought you said I have 15 years left to live. Listen, we didn't recognize you. Somebody gave me that one right before Bible. Where you at, Aunt Donna? Aunt Donna back there. She gave me that one. That was a good one. <laughs> what would you do if you knew? And, I, and the, the other thing, and this is, this is kind of comical, but it's kind of serious. I wish people would stop trying to guess the date. Because I wonder if we guess a date, and then God says, well, that was going to be it. But now... I'm waiting, right? That the Bible is clear. No one knows. And so I try to avoid even things that say this is going to happen at this time and therefore that, right? What I want to do is stand upon the fact that the scripture tells us that Jesus, we are to act that Jesus is coming soon. We are to live our way, our lives in such a way that it could be tomorrow. So if I were to ask you a question, if you knew you only had X number of days to live or weeks or months, you better be living like that every day anyway. Amen? We are given an opportunity every day. So when we look at prophecy, don't look through it as the lens of oh, Russia and Ukraine. It could be tomorrow. Listen, Russia's been on the prophecy radar ever since I was a, 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 a youngling. A little one. And uh, the great bear would come from the north, which I believe that that's kind of how it's going to go down as well. But at the end of the day, we don't know. And I believe it's prideful for us to pretend to know. Hear, hear me. Greater Life Church is not doing prophecy because we're going to guess at a date. So don't even ask. But... The world has changed and is changing and has gotten to such a place that Jesus could come at any moment. And the apparatus, the technology, the everything is in place today for it to happen. That's what you need to know. So in Matthew chapter 24, it says, no one knows. And then in verse uh, uh, 37, he continues, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. 
In those days before the, the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is why it, that is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Now, people did not realize. They were partying. They were playing. They were having a great time. They were living it up. And then Noah, up to the day that Noah got in the boat, and then it started to rain. Oh, my goodness. Now, as fast as the flood came upon the earth, the rapture is a twinkling of an eye, faster than a blink. And it's going to happen so quickly as pilots disappear from airplanes and drivers disappear from their cars that everything just... And after the dust settles, I believe that's the moment when that Antichrist is going to rise already established as a world leader in some way, form, or fashion, and some, somewhere will be able to rise and say, trust me to rebuild. That's how it's going to happen, I believe. Now, in the days of Noah, what were they doing? There was prosperity. There was partying. It staggers me and my mind for us to even go through these past couple of years, the pandemic that we've experienced, and yet Every award show that Hollywood offers is still going on, right? And, and have you noticed that even more, that, how many of you guys have ever seen, I'm not endorsing movies here, but how many of you guys have seen the Hunger Games or the characters of the Hunger Games? It's getting, I mean, it's, it's a little ridiculous. These people look, it looks like a, a Hollywood and the Hunger Games did their best effort to make people look crazy, Right? And you turn on the Golden Globes or the this or the that, and they're coming down the carpet like, what in the world is going on? People are partying. There's prosperity. There's, there's all, all this wealth to go around. And they're acting like they're going to live forever. And as a matter of fact, science tells us that they're trying to figure out a way to do just that. Genesis chapter 6, if, God, if Jesus in Scripture says the days of Noah, let's look at the days of Noah, Genesis chapter 6. Verse 1 says, Then the people began to multiply on the earth, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any that they wanted as their wives. Now, Sons of God refers to angelic beings, fallen angels. Fallen angels took women, humans, to be their wives. You say, well, I thought angels were neither male nor female, that they, didn't, that they weren't those types of creatures. But somehow, some way, the Scripture tells us that they became biologically correct enough that they could reproduce with women that were upon the earth. And then it says in verse 3, Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. At this time, you go back and you look at it, they were living hundreds and hundreds of years long. And now God said, You guys, you got too much time. You're messing things up. Verse 4, In those days, and for some time after, Giant Nephilites or Nephilim lived upon the earth, for whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. 
Recently, I started a movie on Disney Plus, and uh, it's called The Eternals. And I started it, but I couldn't finish it. I'll tell you why. Because the narrative grieved my spirit. Because these Eternals and the God that they came from it was all kinds of evil, man. I'm telling you, I was watching it. Now, if you watched it, whatever. I'm, I'm not mad at you. But I was watching it because I've been deeply studying this stuff. I'm going, what in the world is going on here? They lived for thousands of years. They had these powers, these qualities about them. They carried names of the heroes of old. So when we read in history books about the heroes of old and we see names that pop up again and again like Hercules and, and, and Aphrodite and all these other ones that had become gods in Greek and, and Roman culture, these are people that the Bible says became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. So when we read about Gilgamesh or whoever else, just pick one, there is biblical evidence that these famous warriors are the Nephilim. Right? Now, it doesn't specify a certain person or a certain name, but it tells you that the famous warriors and heroes of ancient times were these people. A hybrid of spirit, fallen angel, and humanity. Nephilim. Now, Verse 5 says, this is days of Noah, right? Verse 5 says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. I was telling somebody the other day that it's hard to go to the movies today because everything out there is consistently and totally evil. I, I'm, it blows me away. There's, not, there's like, I don't want to... That's garbage. Back in the day, you could find something from time to time to go and enjoy. I just want to go eat popcorn. Can you just give me something? Consistently and totally evil. Does it feel like that to you guys some? That our world is coming to this place. Not only is there evil, but then they figure out new ways to do evil, which the New Testament talks about that. Not only is there evil and they figure out new ways to do evil, but the Bible tells us that in the last days, they will call evil good and good evil. In the days of Noah. So the Lord was sorry he had made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. Now, I believe this could be talking about the fallen angels and humanity. I believe, honestly, it talks more about the fallen angels. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race, because now it's flawed. The Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, large animals, small animals, to scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I never made them. Now, a lot of people would say, well, did God change his mind? Did God mess up? Did God make a mistake? You want to say that? You want to ask that question? Go ahead, but... I'm not going to join you in that thought process. <laughs> you see, what happened where it went wrong is there was a union of spiritually evil with physical. 
resulting in an abomination of God's creation. What happened is many people believe, now like I was talking about the legends of ancient folklore, but what happened in this union is the DNA of these Nephilim was different than what God made in the garden. You with me? That's why they were giants, and it was just different abominations, but, but really, it do, that doesn't really give it accurate. Uh, when we think abominations, we think like weird-looking things and stuff like that. These were just, Goliath wasn't, uh, people didn't think a Goliath was an abomination. It was just this giant champion. But we also know that the bloodline survived the flood somehow. Because we read in 2 Samuel chapter 21, starting in verse 15, once again the Philistines were at war with Israel when David and his men were in the thick of battle. David became weak and exhausted. Ishabanab, a descendant of the giants... His bronze spearhead weighed more than seven pounds, and he was armed with a new sword. He had cornered David and was about to kill him, but Abishai, son of Zariah, came to David's rescue to kill the Philistine. The men declared, you are not going out to battle with us again, and they were protecting David. Verse 18, after this, there was another battle against the Philistines of Gob, and as they fought, another descendant of the giants, his name was um, Sabakai, Sibakai, Verse 19, during another battle at Gob, Ethelon, son of Jair of Bethlehem, killed Goliath, another brother of Goliath at Gath. So we find that the Nephilim survived the flood. Then in verse 20, there's another one. Another battle with the Philistines. They encountered a huge man with six fingers on each, uh, on each hand, six toes on each foot, 24 in all. It was another descendant of the giants. Now, there were four Philistine giants that were slain in those few verses. The reason why I tell you that is because I want you to see that that bloodline was still there then and even was there in Israel when Israel was in the wilderness and they went to look at the promised land, the Bible tells us that when they saw them, they were as what? Giants. Now, I have not been able to find enough evidence to bring this to this is legit, but I've been able to find a couple of sources that they found skeletons of giants in multiple places upon the earth. Recent, like within the past hundred years. Why is that important? That's important because this abomination is still here in some way, form, or fashion. What the devil introduced and what the enemy of God introduced in this way in Genesis may give us some insight into what in the world is going on today. It's the idea to be like God. Now, if you keep going into Genesis, you get to the flood and then the Tower of Babel. 
And in the Tower of Babel, we see a character introduced. His name is Nimrod. Nimrod in the Bible was a great-grandson of Noah, Genesis 10.8. He's described as a mighty man, a mighty man who was a great hunter, who was famous. And it says, it tells us in Genesis 9 and 10 that his kingdom was in Babel, and it lists more kingdoms, Eric, Akkad, and some others, but it begins in Babel. The Tower of Babylon was where? The Tower of Babel was where? Babel. You guys, you're with me. Tower of Babel being in Babel, which was being led by a guy named Nimrod, which was referred to as a mighty man and hero and great hunter, which is the language used in other scriptures to refer to Nephilim. Now we have Nimrod. Now, a historian named Josephus wrote about Nimrod, and he said this. Nimrod said that he would, be, he would bring revenge on God. He, had a, he, he, had, he should have a mind that he would never drown the world again. Nimrod's goal was to build a tower too high for the waters to reach. Now, no matter where you stand on global warming and climate change, the reality is that humanity is trying to figure out a way to make this world last forever. Let me give you a newsflash. There's something called entropy, that when creation started and then sin entered the world, things began to fall apart. The chairs you're sitting on right now, if they stay in that condition and they sit right there for a hundred years, they will what? Fall apart. It's the nature of the fallen nature of the world we live in. Humanity has the audacity that they can somehow stop it by eating more vegetables. I mean, it, am, I, am I wrong or am I right? There's a clip recently of Prince Charles who says, quote, we must have a militaristic campaign to bring about true ch climate change initiative and trillions of dollars must be at his disposal. Notice I use the word his in order to overcome even world governments. He uses the word his and trillions of dollars at his disposal. Who's his? Who's he? Last week was all about the beast and the Antichrist. What I'm not saying is that he's talking about the Antichrist, but what I am saying is he's talking about the Antichrist. You with me? or at least who he thinks is not the Antichrist, but the Savior of the world. Maybe he calls Queen Elizabeth his. I don't know. Here we go. Nimrod takes up this burden or this responsibility to keep God from flooding the earth. 
And then God looks down at the Tower of Babel and says, they are united. And when they are united, nothing will be impossible for them. And disturbs their language. It's all in the Bible. Because at some point, this was not long after the flood, God said, "Uh uh-uh, we ain't doing this again. But basically what God was doing is delaying the inevitable that man will find themselves in the same place of the days of Noah where everything that they do is inherently and consistently evil, anti-God. What am I saying? I'm saying there are, no, there are nimrods <laughs> among us. <laughs> Never realized that that word nimrod was used that way until just now. How about that? <laughs> There's a Bible teacher named Chuck Missler who has since passed. Um, He actually moved his entire ministry to New Zealand Um, a couple decades ago, I think it was, and I I, I watch his stuff. He's he's actually a, I think he's a nuclear physicist or something. He's some kind of something, something, all right? Smart. He's also a Bible teacher, and as he was laying this out, he was teaching that the dimensions of our world have been discovered in science to be beyond not only three dimensions with its length, width, and height, but the fourth dimension of time. In other words, there has to be something, matter, and it has to live in a place in time, but up to ten dimensions. The six dimensions left over after the four are spiritual dimensions. Science doesn't call it that, but they call it something different. In other words, it can't be measured the way that we measure the other dimensions. Now... We know that those are spiritual dimensions. How many of you guys understand that when the Bible says that there is a battle going on in heaven, princes and principalities of the air, that's a dimension that's really there, right? You with me? We can't see it, but we have knowledge of it. We can sense it if we have discernment. It's really there. Now, unfortunately, humanity is being really stupid. Recently, they opened the longest train tunnel in all of Europe, and then they did a big dance to celebrate. They were celebrating their accomplishments. No, no, don't go so fast. Go back to that one. There you go. What's that look like in the middle? A goat. What does the scripture say that God, that, uh, that the judgment seat will happen, that they will be separated as sheep and goats? But Behemoth, the statue used in Satan worship, is a goat. I mean, really? This is in Europe, which Europe's, they need revival in the land, that's what they need. But Europe is also the cradle of the awakening, too, right? So you have these whatevers, creatures, dancing around this goat. Go to the next one. This is an hour-long ceremony of different things, and I couldn't show you some of it because it's just wacky. Here you see people on posts 
You see people holding up skulls, goat heads. See that? Antlers. It's all very worship-like. Keep going. See the lamb? Are you freaked out yet? This is literally a celebration. Now, if I don't have a picture of it, there are thousands of people lined up on the sides at this celebration of the largest tunnel. Look what we have done. It's a Tower of Babel of today. Look what we were able to do, and let's celebrate it. Keep going. This moves outside to now the celebration, what looks like three type of celestial type beings in front of what we would see as an all-seeing eye. Keep going. The eye opens, they're sucked in. Keep going. There's a whole lot of animism. Now, animism is nature worship. In other words, everything in nature has a soul. Everything from a rock to a plant to an animal has a soul. So, in the video, they carry around different plants and trees, and, and they actually wearing different animal costumes, but it's all very worshipful of all this stuff. And you see the root system that's there. Go ahead. All right, keep watching that one. Revelation talks about a woman in scarlet, the whore of Babylon, that's what it's called, who gives birth. That is a woman in what? Now, we had to edit out crazy lady on the right. This guy on the front is the one that had the goat head. I don't know if it fell off or what. Keep going. Is that it? This keeps going that they have this woman continuing to dance. And eventually the, the skirt comes up and... Uh, person starts running around in circles and then they all run under this big sun type thing in the, in the screen. This is a tunnel that they built to celebrate what they did. Animism is worship of nature. Humanism is what? Worship of me. Humanism. Let's go <laughs> to the real crazy one. We have CERN, a hydron collider, so just leave that up there for a minute. I'm going to talk to you more about what this thing is, but first I want you to see what they see. They built this giant thing, and it's a hydron particle collider, and within the junctions where the particles collide, they have cameras set up so they can see what's happening, so this took a picture and uh, it, it's hard to see on the screen, but they took a picture, and this basically looks like uh, mangled bodies. On the next one is in more HD, and it shows you that there are faces within it. Now go back to the prophecy thing. Let me talk to you about CERN, and then I want to show you a short 
video of a dance, an opera. CERN is a hydroglider. The goal is, is that they figure out, put it this way, if you go to your house and you want to figure out how your house was built, and you get in there and you get down to the studs and then down to the nails, and you take the nail and you want to figure out this isn't far enough, I want to figure out what's in this nail. So now you melt the nail down and it's still not far enough. You want to see what makes the metal in the nail be metal. So all the way down to the atomic level is what you want to see. Because if you can get to that level in science, you can now rebuild the nail in the house that goes with it. That's what they're doing at this hydrogen collider, this particle collider, is they want to get down to the smallest particle because they believe our world and our universe happened through a big bang. So what these idiots are doing is trying to make a big bang in a tube, thinking they can find how in the world this universe came about. Now, if they get to that and they believe that they did on 2012, they found something that they call the God particle. The God particle is something that is not matter, but anti-matter. This is sci-fi stuff, but this is real stuff. Again, friends, if you don't trust me to be your filter, go Google. As a matter of fact, use DuckDuckGo because Google won't pull some of it up. Anyway. Anti-matter. Anti-matter, matter is stable unless it's manipulated. So you have a piece of wood, it's a piece of wood until you catch it on fire and then it, 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 it is, destruct, it is uh, burnt up, destroyed. Antimatter leans to destruction. In other words, unless, the, if you have a piece of wood that's antimatter, it's automatically going to combust unless you constantly keep it in water. You follow me so far? Antimatter is what they made. And then they contained it. It's unstable. It does not need to be acted upon. It's very volatile. And it's said that one grain of antimatter, just a couple, three grams in weight, one grain of antimatter can be the equivalent of four atomic bombs. They, in Sweden, which is where this is, think it's a good idea to make this in a tube in the ground. Now, to add insult to injury, this is already being done, guys. In 2016, CERN began a project called AWAKE, where they would accelerate charged particles into each other. And when they did this, the moment it happened, there was a photographer that took some photos that right over CERN, strange cloud formations, electrical activities were taking place. Many say that there were portals that they saw in the sky. Everybody knows who Stephen Hawking is. Most of us do. He's a, he's a very smart man, and, uh, but he's an atheist. He said, and I quote, 
Stern, what they're doing at CERN is opening the gates of hell. This is Stephen Hawking who doesn't believe in hell. They're opening Pandora's box, and after they've opened it, they cannot close it. Now, they are trying right now to build a CERN hydrogen collider 10 times larger than the one they already have. Guess who's doing that? China. It's already in development. This is a statue in front of CERN, the God thing. That's the statue. This is CERN. This is the entry. This is the goddess, Hindu goddess of destruction. Because their goal is to destroy everything, these particles, to the point that they can now create. There's three gods in, in Hinduism that two others that go with this one. One is the uh, creator, one is the um, holder together or whatever. Shiny, you might need to help me, I don't know. And then the destructive one. But at the end of the day, the destructive one destroys so the creator can create again. That's the idea. <laughs> Guys, this is in front of CERN. I'm just walking through Europe and Sweden. <laughs> oh my gosh. What kind of place is this? What has happened is they believe, many scientists, that now that they have begun to be able to make the God particle, CERN is, and others like it, oh, this is interesting, CERN is located in a place that was once called Apollyon, which in Greek means destruction, which Revelation talks about Apollyon. Scientists believe that what they're doing is creating small black holes. Black holes are bottomless pits of gravity. And in Revelation chapter 9, it says, quote, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there came out of it smoke locust upon the earth. They are opening trying to open gates into the spirit realm, which they don't need to be opening. But we're learning about it because at some point, these things will have to happen, right? And I'm telling you, the technology is not just there, but it's actively being used. Now, let me go to, it's 8.02, let me see. You with me? Yep. Let's go to the robot. Put the robot up there. This is a statue that was developed. This little critter right here is 140 feet high. It's being deployed to 21 cities. There's 21 robots. It has... It's completely built of LED light technology. And you can, the, the idea is it's coming to your town and it's like a small little attraction and whatever. But you can take a selfie and then it puts your everything up there, 
right? Then you can climb up to where those people in the back and you can talk into a microphone and it will talk for you. So it sounds like such a fun thing. Let's go see the giant. Revelation chapter 13. And with all the miracles he was allowed, speaking of the Antichrist, to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. This thing is said, and this, this is presented with, we're so excited, this is so great, the technology is awesome. It has software that talks communicates to all the robots, 21 of them. Here's the application that could be used that I see in the end times. The Antichrist, the leader of the world, has now taken the internet. It's down because of giant earthquakes, giant sun falling into the earth, the the rivers are, are blood now. So you can picture how the internet might go out in that case. So the world needs to get a message. So the Antichrist, a person who's leading that one world government, can go to a single location and pick up a microphone, have their image, statue of the image as a first beast, their image projected onto this thing and say, citizens of earth. Are you with me? Citizens of earth, if you know of anyone who hasn't received the mark, bring them here for execution, or whatever. This is now something that is being presented as a breakthrough technology and fun, but it's not a leap anymore for me to say this could be something so sinister to be used in the one world government against the people of God that are still upon the earth that have been left behind. 21 cities and 21 robots that are interlinked. Let's talk about another statue. Another statue in front of the UN in Mexico. Now, if I didn't know what I know, I'd be like, that's cool. But Daniel Daniel chapter 7 Verse 2 says, I saw a vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from the other. The first was like a lion that had eagle's wings. The scripture says that this statue is called peace and security. And I believe in Zechariah it says they will build a statue that's called peace and safety. We celebrate our peace and safety. The apostle John in Revelation Chapter 13 says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were like a bear. And his mouth was the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, and his seat was great authority. So we find here, friends, that the world, I'll put it this way. I I think, I believe that not everybody out there 
the guy painting the nails of this statue thing was saying this represents what's going to happen in the end. I think the devil's blinded a lot of people, right? But I do think that there is a group of people that know exactly what they're doing. The same way that it's our responsibility to live our lives in such a way that we combat against the works of the enemy, the enemy is doing the same thing. Studying the book of Revelation, Daniel, and so on and so forth, and saying, let's build a statue that now places our spiritual mark on this organization. And the UN's going, oh yeah, that'd be great. We'll give you millions of dollars. To build it. But I do believe that there is a sinister power that lies beneath the surface that knows exactly what they're doing. They're spitting in the face of God, daring God. And every time I feel like I'm surprised at how stupid people can be, something else happens. Next slide. Should be some buildings. This is an artist's rendering of an architect, architectural proposal of three buildings in Abu Dubai. One of these buildings is a synagogue. One of these buildings is a mosque. And one of these buildings is a church, Catholic church. This structure is called the Abrahamic family house. Go to construction picture. They are building it right now. It is to be opened in 2022. It is in essence the one world religion headquarters. This is a picture of the Pope shaking hands with the head imam of that nation. There's a whole write-up on this, the article that I have, just so you know. I don't get it from Prophecy Now or CBN News. or I, I get it from someone who's writing it in such a way that it's not a prophetic thing. It's a, yay, look. Let, go back to the pretty one. Look what we're going to do. And they say things like, the Abrahamic family, family house will enclose a synagogue, a church, and a mosque in a single complex and captures the values shared by Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Let me tell you where that's wrong. At the beginning, the God of Islam is not the God of the Bible. It, he never was. He never will be. And for them to have the audacity to say that this is the same God is saying that the God that the, hear me, Catholic Church, the Pope is the one that did this. Now, Judaism, we know. According to Scripture, they're blind until the end, and then that hope is Israel will be saved. 
But it breaks my heart again to know that there are millions and millions of good people within the Catholic Church that don't realize what their leader is doing. Are you with me? The grand imam, Pope Francis, and Moses ben Marion hope to harness their teachers to forge a message, their teachings to forge a message of goodwill for future generations around the world. Listen, I'm not telling you to go down to the local whatever, synagogue or, or mosque, and, and, you know, be mad at them. But I'm also, I want to be clear, there's a line that is crossed when this happens. Did you know that in that nation, it is illegal to have a cross on a building? And yet somehow the Catholic Church signed up to put a building in that nation where crosses, a symbol of the, 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 the sacrifice of Jesus, are forbidden. So what do they put on there? I don't know. Three cubes, which did you know that the most holy site in all of Islam is a black cube where every Muslim must go at least once in their life to Mecca. I've read before that there's a spiritual energy that takes place, and if you've ever watched any videos on it, they just circle it and circle it and circle it. It wasn't that long ago that there was a stampede and many people died because they began to fall under the weight of that circle. It's all demonic, y'all. If it's not the God of heaven and the God of the Bible, it's the devil. So at the end of the day, what do we do? We keep looking up. We keep praying and seeking the Lord. And I, for one, am excited fervent for what God is going to do in the now, in my lifetime. Amen? Because all of the pieces are in place. The rapture is the first domino to fall, and then it just begins. So, bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for including us in the conversation and giving us your word so we can learn and grow and dig in and understand as best as we can and as much as we need to what's going on in our world today. Now, Lord, may your favor be with us. May your courage be with us. May we share people, share with people the gospel of Jesus Christ like tomorrow may never come. Live for you day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to hear more from Greater Life Church, subscribe to the Greater Life Church podcast. Links to both are on our website, greaterlife.church.